You're listening to the It's Her Time podcast with Cody and Jess. This is so great because September, we are focusing on a sexy September. Oh, yeah. And also September is PCOS Awareness Month, which is a huge deal over here at Mixers as well. So this is a great September. Yeah. We're talking all the things. We have a huge community of you PCOS girls. Mm-hmm. And so many of you guys have found relief. And so that's what we wanted to share is some of the stories around that um, in this episode and give you guys some like really good tips on how to mm-hmm. overcome the symptoms that are associated with PCOS. Well, and you and I have found relief from our products. Absolutely. So that's how this all began. This is how it began. First, before we get into the episode, let's do some Mixers Girls Say. Perfect. So I'm going to read a couple reviews. Okay. Because we're talking about PCOS, I wanted to specifically quickly talk about her time. Okay. So, okay. I just had to tell you, I hadn't had a period for six months. My hormones were all over the place and I finally shelled out the money for a holistic doctor. I didn't notice a huge difference with that. So I finally gave in and bought some her time and had a period within five days, completely symptomless. Love, love, love your product. It's amazing. That is amazing. It is so amazing. And my favorite part about mixers is that we get reviews like that frequently and it makes us beam ear to ear. Yeah. Yeah. It's life-changing for so many women that have been struggling for so long and have been so frustrated because they've been kind of given the runaround when it Mm -hmm. comes to like seeking solutions. And her time is a solution that can really help. Mm -hmm. Takes consistency. There's not a quick fix. And I know sometimes we read these reviews and it sounds like it was just a super quick fix. Everybody's different but I love that it's working for each of you in your own individual way. Mm -hmm. Another review. Reporting back on the mixers, specifically her time. It helped with my menstrual symptoms, but not completely 100% until I gave it the full three months. And also I realized that I needed the extra strength. That is what truly made the change. Now I take it the whole, or I take it the whole month and my period has absolutely changed. Also my libido is back, which is absolutely the best. Yay. We love Yay. That. We did an episode a couple of weeks back all about her time. If you didn't know, we have two different forms of her time. We have her time extra strength as well as her time daily. Both are super effective, have the same effective ingredients. The difference is between the dosage. And if you are a girl that's struggling with PCOS, her time extra strength is what we recommend for you. Mm-hmm. Now let's hear all about PCOS in the episode. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com. M I X H E R S. The question I hear most often from women with PCOS is what is the best diet for my PCOS? It's usually followed by a run through of all the popular diets like paleo, is that the best diet for PCOS? Or how about low carb or keto or vegan or Weight Watchers or raw? I mean, there's so many out there, right? But the good news is that by the time you're searching for the best diet for PCOS, you've probably already come to the conclusion that PCOS is not an issue that can't or that can be solved by medication. Pharmaceuticals like metformin and the pill can't address root causes, but 
what you eat and what you don't eat can. Eating the right types of food at the right times each month helps rebalance your reproductive hormones. It stabilizes your insulin and your blood sugar and supports your unique female biochemistry during each phase of your monthly menstrual cycle. If you have PCOS, you're probably already hyper aware of all of the diets that are out there that are promoted for weight loss. But most diets that you hear about are built on research that was done on men or even worse, male rats. I'm not even kidding. Listen to other podcast episodes. I go more into this in detail. They're not designed for women's bodies. They do not take into account women's biology, our menstrual cycles, or our changing hormone patterns. And that is why they fell us almost every single time. So let's talk today about why popular diets fail when it comes to PCOS. First of all, let's discuss eating too much animal protein. This is something that gets recommended all the time. So I'm looking at you, paleo and Atkins diet and things like that. What it can do is it can interfere with ovulation. And ovulation is the main event of our whole monthly cycle. Research suggests that women who eat more animal protein than plant protein actually ovulate less frequently. As you know, or maybe you don't know, PCOS is characterized by problems with ovulation. So anything that interferes with regular ovulation is not recommended for women with PCOS. Most women with PCOS struggle on a low-carb diet too, and these are diets like the Atkins, Paleo, South Beach diet, and so many more. While it's important to recognize that there are simple carbs, carbs like white bread, pasta, potatoes, and there are things called complex carbs, which are more like your whole grains and your sweet potatoes. And while it's important to avoid gluten on the whole, I think that's a good idea for everybody. Cutting back carbs can make a PCOS sufferer feel even worse because it can destabilize your blood sugar. So what I suggest is incorporating things like brown rice and quinoa or buckwheat on a daily basis, but can combine that with healthy fats and a healthy source of protein. And when you get to your premenstrual phase, you'll be so thankful for the option of sweet potatoes. Those root vegetables are so nourishing during this phase. I want to add that it can feel easier to stop eating carbs during the first half of our hormone cycle. That's during that follicular phase. But the hormone shift that happens in the second half during our luteal phase makes low-carb diets unnecessarily punishing. So try to avoid it, especially during that phase of the month. The ideal portion of carbs as grains is about half a cup serving at one time. You really don't need much more than that. If you're a girl whose diet is too reliant on grains for protein and for carbs, and that's what you use to help yourself feel full and satisfied, um, things like a vegan or a macrobiotic diet, that's very much what they're about. That can lead to gut dysbiosis, and it can decrease the absorption of the key nutrients that help with hormonal balance, especially if the grains you're eating are not um, processed properly. I'm a huge advocate of soaking your grains. What this does, soaking your grains helps with digestion. It kind of pre-digests things. It neutralizes the um, phytic acid and releases enzymes, making it so much easier to digest. And it makes sure that the nutrients are more um, absorbable. If you have PCOS and your diet is too dependent on grains, this will make your symptoms worse. So you want to make sure you're not overdoing it. 
Now, let's talk about those calorie-restrictive diets, okay? These are a big one. Pretty much every diet restricts calories. Any diet that encourages calorie restriction, things like Weight Watchers or the raw diet, things like that, can cause problems with ovulation. Simply put, you're not going to get enough healthy, nourishing calories, which you need to ovulate, and not enough calories can translate into no ovulation. Also, there's diet programs that come with like pre-made food that helps you to kind of control your calorie consumption. Not only is the calorie restriction not leading to long-term health, the fact that it's all processed food makes it even worse. Processed foods contribute to inflammation and often contain unhealthy ingredients like dairy, gluten, non-organic and or GMO ingredients, and a lot of processed soy. Whole foods are a much better choice for women with PCOS and for all of us, um, especially those that are hormonally sensitive. If calorie-restricted diets were healthy, which they're not, these diets can only be followed um, short-term. And when when you come off the diet eventually, which you will, you are primed to overeat and even binge when you have the chance. Studies have shown that calorie-restriction diets simply don't work for the long term because it puts our body into fight or flight. Our bodies literally think that we are experiencing a famine or some kind of disaster, some kind of danger that is threatening our survival. Extreme calorie restriction will not serve you in the long run, and it can be a quick fix, but it will always come back to bite us in the butt. Did you know that some healthy foods actually can make your PCOS worse. Before I made it my mission to fix my hormones and help other women do the same, I had no idea that some of the foods that I believed to be healthy were actually making my hormone imbalance problems worse. So now I see how shocked my clients are when I tell them that some of the hyped up health foods in their grocery carts might be hindering their progress in reversing symptoms. For women with PCOS, it's important to know which healthy foods to avoid. So we are for sure going to talk about all of these things. If you're hormonally sensitive like I am, these foods, foods that can be healthy for others, have a stronger effect on us and can make the symptoms we desperately want to be rid of even worse. So we're going to talk about the four healthy foods that make PCOS even worse. These are the big ones. Of course, there's going to be more that we can talk about, but in this episode, we're going to talk about the big ones. These are the ones that we want to look out for. The first thing is artificial sweeteners. I know that the quest to give up sugar and get off the blood sugar roller coaster is so important. In all the years that I've worked with clients, I've rarely met a woman who is struggling with hormone issues who isn't also struggling with blood sugar issues. But in the quest to ditch the sweet stuff, we often turn to sugar substitutes, which come with their own problems. One cause for concern is the intensely sweet flavor of these synthetic substitutes. When we rely on them heavily, what they do is they can hijack our our taste buds and make uh, more complex flavors like those that are found in vegetables and low glycemic fruits like berries. They can make them seem less appealing. And the fewer whole real vegetables and low glycemic fruits that we eat, the more we deprive our liver of the phytonutrients it needs to function optimally. The liver processes and eliminates used hormones from the body. When it doesn't get the phytonutrient support it needs, it really struggles to eliminate estrogen and other hormones from the body, which then contributes to hormonal imbalance. 
So we need to really be cautious of ingredients like aspartame and sucralose, which is also known as Splenda, or saccharin and others. There's lots. These sweeteners are in so many health products, things like protein powders and diet drinks and bars, and you get the idea. At Mixers, what we use is we use Stevia, which is an all-natural sweetener that doesn't spike your blood sugar, but even though it's such a great option, we're still very careful not to add too much. We flavor our products with actual fruit, and then we lightly sweeten with Stevia so that we don't overpower the natural sweet taste of the fruit. The second thing we want to look out for is too much red meat. Now, paleo diets have become as trendy as intense boot camp classes in recent years, and all too often women with PCOS are advised to eat like cavemen, subsisting mostly on lots and lots of protein-packed meat to lose weight and counteract the damaging effects of sugar. But here's the deal. In my experience, if you have PCOS, following a paleo diet will not bring about weight loss and it certainly won't bring back your period. A high-protein diet causes a decrease in the production of sex hormone-binding globulin, which is known as SHBG, which is a vital part of reducing testosterone levels, something that's critical in PCOS recovery because girls with PCOS are dealing with higher androgen or male hormones um, in their system like testosterone. So SHBG is very important to support optimal production of the healthy levels of all of our sex hormones. Also, many women with PCOS have a specific genetic problem known as the MTHFR gene mutation. Eating paleo when you have the MTHFR gene mutation can create too much of an amino acid called homocysteine, which can cause an increase in PCOS symptoms. What's more, eating a lot of meat often goes hand in hand with decreasing carbohydrates, and this is a real issue for PCOS sufferers. Recent research shows that PCOS may be connected to autoimmune thyroid disease or poor thyroid function, and your thyroid needs some complex carbohydrates like quinoa and brown rice and buckwheat to function optimally. The third thing I want you guys to be aware of is soy, okay? Soy is not your ally if you have PCOS because it contains phyto or plant estrogen that acts like estrogen in the body. And eating too much of it confuses your body into thinking it has enough of the real deal on hand. This sends a signal to your endocrine system to slow down estrogen production, subsequently slowing the production of luteinizing hormone and effectively shutting down ovulation. The fourth big thing is cooking with oils like canola and sunflower and vegetable oils and synthetic spreads like margarine. I know they have all been marketed to sound so healthy. I mean, vegetable oil sounds healthy, doesn't it? It's so not healthy. Unhealthy fats are bad news for hormonal harmony. For one, eating too many unhealthy fats crowds out our consumption of healthy fats, which are important for maintaining healthy levels of HDL, which is our good form of cholesterol. Cholesterol is a precursor to all the body's steroid hormones, including estrogen and progesterone and follicular stimulating hormone. Simply put, and contrary to the media reports about cholesterol in recent decades, we need cholesterol to make some of our most important hormones. Vegetable oils and other cooking oils like sunflower are high in omega-6 fatty acids and they're low in omega-3 fatty acids. We need to consume both omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids through diet. The body can't produce them and we need them to live. But the problem is that the Western diet is 
flooded with omega-6 fatty acids and tragically short in omega-3 fatty acids. When omega-6s are disproportionately high in the body relative to omega-3s, it's really a recipe for inflammation and it's the arch enemy of hormonal health and overall health. Canola oil presents its own set of problems. It's higher in omega-6s than omega-3s, like other vegetable oils, though not as high as margarine. But the real causes for concern with canola oil are the GMOs and the toxic processing. The vast majority of plants from which canola oil is harvested are genetically modified, and the oil is extracted by heating and then crushing the plant seeds and then mixing them with hexane. Now, hexane has been classified as a neurotoxin by the CDC. Hexane and other organic solvents like it drive up inflammation and they interfere with endocrine health. So avoid it with everything you have. You're going to have to be good at reading labels because it's everywhere. But if you avoid things like fast food and you cook mostly at home and you eat mostly whole foods, you're going to be able to avoid it much easier. Okay. So let's finally talk about what is the best diet for PCOS. Now, I get it. PCOS is a complex imbalance. And did you know that there are actually four different types? That adds to the complexity for sure. In the 25 plus years of helping women with PCOS that I've had, I've learned that cycle syncing your nutrition is so beneficial in helping all women with PCOS, no matter what type you have. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about when it comes to what type of PCOS you have, um, you have, you'll want to go back and listen to episode 94 of the It's Her Time podcast titled The Four Types of PCOS. Okay, so let's talk about the first step. And that first step is to address your blood sugar imbalances by emphasizing healthy fats high-quality proteins, and complex carbohydrates in your diet. And you want to avoid simple carbs and processed sugars as much as possible. It's also really important to eat a good breakfast within 90 minutes of waking up every day if you're a woman that has PCOS. It's an excellent way to safeguard your blood sugar for the day, kind of set you up for success for the entire day. You also want to try to make your lunch your biggest meal of the day. And in that lunch, you want to make sure that you're including things like complex carbs. Remember, those are things like black beans. They're the things that have the high fiber. And then you also want to combine those complex carbs with good fats, things like avocado. So black beans, avocado, I don't know. That's what sounds good to me right now. So those that would be a perfect combination. If you do have a sugar craving in the afternoon, what I'm going to recommend is that you reach for the kind of sweeteners that don't cause as much of a blood sugar disruption. If you've got to have it, I find that honey or stevia and coconut nectar are all really good substitutes. But I want you to watch out for hidden sugar in everything from things like pasta sauces and to bread. And when you're at the grocery store, they're in so many things that you wouldn't ever think that sugar would be into. You also need to remember that fruit-based juices and smoothies that don't have a lot of fiber can also have a negative effect on your health. Um, In fact, some of them even have more sugar than a can of soda, which is something that's interesting. Obviously, they have nutrients, but a lot of sugar. The second step is to address cortisol dysregulation. Now, lifestyle strategies go a really long way in helping to support and soothe the adrenal glands, which are where we produce all of those uh, stress hormones, especially cortisol. Strategies like prioritizing sleep and engaging in restorative movement and doing restful activities and taking supportive adaptogenic herbs like ashwagandha, which we have in her nightly, and using strategic amino acids like what we have in her power. These 
our amino acids and ingredients can help to calm our, our minds and they can help to nourish our adrenal glands, which reduces the negative effects of stress. So that said, getting and keeping your blood sugar stable, remember that's my first step, is absolutely critical because dysregulated blood sugar is a huge stressor on the adrenal glands and it will sabotage any other attempts you make to heal your adrenal glands. The third step is to boost your estrogen elimination. Most of you that have PCOS have estrogen dominance. So to help your body process and eliminate estrogen, you'll want to focus on two key elements. First, improving the health of your gut microbiome and supporting your liver in its detox efforts. Both the gut and the liver help to break down and eliminate excess hormones from the body. So it's so important to support your microbiome I recommend incorporating fermented and high-fiber foods and also taking a high-quality probiotic like her smoothie. To help the liver flush estrogen from the body, you're going to want to incorporate lots of cruciferous vegetables. Think things like broccoli and broccoli sprouts and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. You want to add a lot of these into your diet. And you can take a liver detoxifying supplement like her greens. Her greens is your girl for this, for sure. It's full of greens that help support healthy liver function and help to support really all of your detoxification pathways. Also, her time can help with this too. So there you have it. That is the episode for today. And I hope you guys found it to be super helpful and that you feel more empowered now to take charge of your health, especially you ladies that are dealing with PCOS. You girls have been so amazing and so supported, so supportive of this podcast. We just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate you. Really, we appreciate you beyond belief. I know that I always encourage you to share our episodes with the girls in your life because sharing is caring, right? Well, we are working so hard to help this podcast grow and we need your help. So right now, can you think of three girls you know that you could share this episode with that could possibly benefit their life? I bet it's actually pretty easy to think of just three. Of course, feel free to share it with as many awesome women as you want. But each of you, if you could just share it with just three of your friends or your mom or your sisters, it would make a huge difference. It would be super powerful. I'm super excited to see the impact that you all can make. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I love these conversations. Be sure to join us again next week. We release a new episode every single Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode either. Until then, have a happy and a healthy week. Love you.